It is Tuesday, January 16th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. And then there were eight. The NFL divisional round is set. And could we have a black and red hoodie? Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. The Bills and the Bucks wrap up the last two playoff spots in the divisional round. Bill Belichick interviews with the Falcons. And no Luka, no problem for the Dallas Mavericks. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? Well, we're down to eight, AJ. The NFL divisional round is set. Yeah, this was, um, listen, this was a week a weekend, I guess, wild, a mega weekend or super weekend where there wasn't a lot of competitive matchups. And Monday was no different. Uh, I mean, thankfully, the the Rams and Lions blessed us with a competitive mm-hmm. game because otherwise this was, you know, I let me, I'll beat my own chest for a moment. There's a lot of teams that I've spent a lot of time this season calling frauds. <laughs> and I feel like, most of the targets of my fraudulence calling have been uh, eliminated in the first week of the playoffs. So uh, Philly was at the top of my list, Miami, Pittsburgh, all gone and all kind of looked like frauds uh, in their playoff games. And I think we're down to some, some, I mean, obviously, you know, like who knows the, the question marks around the Texans are, are very valid. The bucks. I don't know if they're any good. I, I mean, I, I, they beat the Eagles. I don't know if it means anything, uh, but I think we've got some really good. We've got good teams on each side of the bracket. We've got four worthy teams, and I think we should get some uh, some decent games, despite the fact that we've got a couple double digit spreads already. Yep. Uh, there, there still should be some decent games on uh, this coming weekend. Yep, we'll get to the spreads for the division round coming up in just a few moments, but let's look back at the games that we saw here on Monday, and we'll start with Monday night in the Bucks, a 32-9 outright win over the Philadelphia Eagles. And I had a lot to say about this game last night on Twitter, AJ, and people, some people supported everything I said. Some people did not like the things that I had to say, and a lot of it was about Jalen Hurts. Uh, the first thing that I said, though, that had nothing to do with Jalen Hurts, it was kind of about just, Nick Sirianni and the team. And tell me your thoughts on this. I I thought the Eagles lost the game when they decided not to do the brotherly shove on their very first possession on third and two and then fourth and two. I know they're at their own 44-yard line, but this is a team that we say starts every drive at first and nine because you know they're guaranteed to get that one yard. And so when it's third and two from their own 44-yard line, you're down 7 nothing after you let up a, an opening drive touchdown to the Bucks. No, opening drive field goal. They, they, opening drive field, 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 field goal. On the, that's yeah. right. Opening drive field goal. You're down 3 nothing. You, you know, pass incomplete, and then fourth and two, you punt it. Bucks go down and score a touchdown, and now you're down 10 nothing. I thought right then and there the Eagles lost the game. They sent the wrong message to their players. 
instead of sending a message of we're going to be aggressive, we know we're confident we're going to get this first down, they they played scared. That was a scared coaching decision. And then being down 10 nothing, they were behind the eight ball. And now you have to all of a sudden get out of your game plan and somewhat hit panic mode early on in the football game. I think that this Eagles team that played the first 11 games of the season and went 10 and one would have gotten a first down there when it was third and two at the 44 yard line. Yeah, even if you don't do the uh, the shove play, I, f- I feel like on third down you run, and if if it's fourth and one, it becomes a conversation. Uh, I I do know that a lot of the talk this week was about the Bucks and and how they stop the run, and uh, they're they're tough to beat up the middle. Like that's the the biggest strength of their defense is the middle of their defense. So maybe that was uh, came into play, but yeah, I, I would have liked did to see stop, them. They did stop a brotherly shove on the two point conversion. Yeah, uh, it, I mean, they had to almost uh, tear Jalen Hurts' helmet off to do it, but they did <laughs> yes, get the, yes, get yes. the stop there. No, I I just think that if you're going to if you are in that mindset, which clearly they weren't in that mindset that early in the game, you run on third down. Instead, they had an incomplete pass on third down, so it went from third and two to fourth and two. And I don't know. I I, I do feel like in the playoffs, it's it's probably it's probably in your best interest to punt there. At the time, you still felt like, listen, we're the favorites. Um, but, and you, I mean, obviously you didn't think they were going to go down and let this game get away from them. Like they did. You didn't think you were going to have blown coverage and give up a, a, you know, 50 yard touchdown or whatever it was to more. Um, but this was that, I think that the third down decision led to the fourth down decision. And there was just a lot of, uh, I don't want to say playing scared, but I think uh, the other thing to consider Scott, when you talk about doing that brotherly shove is, I mean, we saw Jalen hurts finger last week. Like do you, mm-hmm. you want to keep throwing that guy into the fire and, and, you know, eventually he's going to, he's going to come out and he's going to be all mangled. And then, then what yeah. are you, what are you stuck with? So well, let's, I let's think they wanted to avoid that. Okay. Let's talk about Jalen hurts here. Cause I, I have a lot of opinions here. One is he's, he's either clearly hurt more than just the finger and a sore knee or whatever, or this was a incredible either, play calling game plan lack of you know a, a, a football intelligence or just the unwillingness of a guy to do what he has to do to win a football game Jalen Hurts ran the football one time last night this is a player that averages 10 carries per game in the regular season and last season in the postseason averaged over 11 carries per game in the playoffs he had one run in this game and it was on a scramble there was zero designed runs with Jalen Hurts we see this guy take the game into his own hands when when the Eagles are right and and how many other quarterbacks do we see do that when Josh Allen and 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 the Bills are losing he takes off and he runs what an incredible play he had yesterday with the the incredible touchdown run Patrick Mahomes will do whatever he has to do to get that first down. Scramble for nine yards, put his hand out like he got the first down. We see quarterbacks do this all the time. Jalen Hurts, arguably the best top three runner in the NFL at the quarterback position, and he has one run last night. That's either a gross misuse of him by play call by design or his hesitation because he is clearly not even close to 100%. I honestly think it's it's the latter. I, I think that that dude is just banged up to a point where he doesn't feel comfortable running, and it and it feels like maybe if he runs, it's going to put him in a spot where he can't throw. 
And I talked about this last week, and I, it, I guess you know hindsight's twenty twenty and all, but I, I said this at the time, Scott. The Eagles should have sat everyone last week and played it safe. And the two the two worst things that ha- that could have happened to them happened. First of all, they lost AJ Brown, which you, was yep. evident that it was a problem. Like him not being there was a problem because I mean Devontae Smith had a great game, but he was the only one. And had they had a secondary threat, you know, maybe maybe, it, maybe they're able to to do some more things offensively. But I said coming into that game last weekend, Jalen Hurts. I mean, like you've just seen the decline. You see, this dude is tired. The, his his body is is failing him, and he needed a break. And even in that game last week, and I get it. It was a game that didn't really mean anything. He didn't run the ball a lot in that game. And, and really, if you look at how he ran the ball in the you know in this six out of seven losing streak or whatever they five out of six to lose the the or to to finish the season there was way less running i think he had one one double digit carry game in that entire stretch and i I think he had five six seven or or something like that in in the first 10 games so there's clearly been something going on where it's like the dude is just exhausted he's physically drained and I, I don't think he had it in him anymore. That's why I said it, I thought it was crazy that they ran him out there last week. Give the dude a break. Mm-hmm. His play has been declining. Let him get right. If you, if your goal is to win the Super Bowl, which you assume that's everybody's goal, then you need to have your, your team prepared for the Super Bowl. Like, if, if your goal was to win the two seed, like, okay, you, you better go play the lottery because the, the Cowboys weren't losing to the Commanders. But, it like, playing that game like they ha- had to have it, all it did was punish them for this week's game, which you actually did have to have. And I think you saw the results. I think you saw a very, very diminished Eagles team that just looks like they, they were out of gas, maybe physically, but I think certainly emotionally the way that this season ended. And obviously without AJ Brown, I, I think, you know, from that standpoint, that, that, that was an irreplaceable loss. Well, you mentioned maybe emotionally out of it. The other thing that I tweeted out about Jalen Hurts, and I said this is probably Colin Cowherd-esque of a take, but to see him sitting there on the bench on the sidelines, and the the ESPN showed the clip of uh, you know Dallas Goddard like saying something to him in frustration, and Jalen Hurts yeah. just kind of sitting there and moping. It's like I'm sorry, but it was a two possession game there with like 14 minutes left, the entire fourth quarter left. You're telling me that Patrick Mahomes is not walking up and down the sidelines, yelling at his guys, firing them up. You're telling me, like, Tom Brady? It, how many times have we seen Tom Brady yell at his guys on the sidelines? I mean, if there was a if there was a hard knocks or NFL films mic'd up session, there's nothing to show from Jalen Hurts. There's no emotion. There's nothing. You got to be a leader on that sideline. You got to make sure that your guys are still locked in. It's a two-possession game. You're not out of it. You have the chance, fire your players up, say, hey, if we get the ball back, we need to go downfield and score quickly. Let's go. Like, you need to be looking at that iPad. You need to be figuring things out. Instead, he sat, He was sitting there. It almost looked like he was going to cry. He had this just dejected look on his face, and you saw Dallas Goddard, like, said something to him in, like, t- in, like disgust and walked away. And to me, that's not I, – I, I know we joke around with, with Herbert, and one of our listeners tweeted that to me about how we give you <laughs> shit about Justin Herbert and is not a leader of men. But I did not see a leader last night from Jalen Hurts. I just did not see it, AJ. 
and listen, I, I don't know the ins and outs of, of that that locker room, certainly, but I've heard I've heard tell that Jalen Hurts isn't the most beloved quarterback amongst his peers. Like he's not he's not everybody's favorite uh, teammate, everybody's favorite leader. Again, I, I don't I don't know how to speak to what we saw last night. I saw what you saw though. I, I saw a guy who looked like the game was over well before it was. And I think a lot of it was the, his probably frustration with himself. And I think frustration with the defense that, I mean, it, it really, I, I don't know what Jalen Hurts could have done. The Eagles defense played so terribly in this game that like it would have taken, I mean, he, he would have had to be, you know, Tom Brady or, or Patrick Mahomes, like mm-hmm. you said, in order for this, for his, for his performance to have even mattered. Uh, because it's not like Jalen Hurts played terribly, especially given the givens. Like the guy came in with a broken finger, um, yeah. and, and has been banged up, like his ankles banged up over the course of the. Like he's just been banged up all season long. Oh, would it I surprise he, you if it turns out tomorrow he's having surgery? No, no, it wouldn't. Wouldn't surprise I, me at all. I, I mean, and honestly, it might be the, the best. The best PR thing is like uh, to announce that as soon as possible because I think it answer a lot of questions about why yeah, like, we saw like, the Jalen like, Hurts yeah. that we like saw down Jaylen the stretch. Hurts- yeah, like a press a press release. Jalen Hurts played the final six weeks of the season with a torn meniscus, and uh, he's undergoing surgery today. Like, I could see that. I, you know what? I'm telling you, we're gonna. That's what we're gonna find out later today or tomorrow. We're gonna find that out. That's happening. Jalen Hurts is gonna have surgery for something. We're gonna find out that this guy was significantly more hurt than than led on, which then leads to everything that you said about Nick Sirianni and why the hell he would play his guys last week against the Giants. Just in, inexcusable. Well, Let's talk about Nick Sirianni because this is a guy that was in the Super Bowl a year ago, and now the questions today are: Is Nick Sirianni going to still be the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles? Like the Phillies, they don't play in that town. Like you either uh, you either win or you you you, you get out of town. Is this going to be like a situation where Nick Sirianni's out of town because of the way that they finished this season? I certainly think that it is now a valid question to ask. Was last year and the year was the success of the Philadelphia Eagles because of Nick Sirianni or was it because of Shane Steichen, who we saw do a heck of a job leading the Indianapolis Colts this year? Or was it Jonathan Gannon's defense, which, hey, you know, the Cardinals stink, but we saw them put up some fights over overachieved. Yes. So you had two coordinate, you lost your offensive and defensive coordinator to head coaching jobs. And you were unable to replicate the success that you had last season. And I think it's a valid question. Like what it's like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Is it Sirianni or did he just have an incredibly good staff? And I think that if this was a normal season or a normal off season, the questions about Sirianni's future are going to be there, but it's not going to be as loud as it is now because now you have Hall of Fame coaches that are available out there. You have you have a guy in Frank Reich. I'm not saying he's at the job, but you have a guy in Frank Reich that had success as an OC in Philadelphia and won you a Super Bowl as an OC, you know, in Philadelphia, right, with Doug Peterson. You have Bill Belichick, who's the greatest of them all. You have Mike Vrabel, who is one of the best free agent coaches that we've ever seen out on the market. So with all these, you have Jim Harbaugh interviewing. Exactly. So with all these names, John Gruden wants to get back into coaching. All these names that are out there. I think it's very fair to question whether or not Nick Sirianni is going to have a job next week. I I don't think it's crazy. And I I think when you look at some of the, like, 
Let me give you a stat. I, I'm, let's play a little guessing game. Where do you think the Philadelphia Eagles finished in defensive DVOA this season? I'm going to say bottom 10. How about 29th? Wow. So ahead, of, oh, wow. <laughs> ahead of the Broncos, yeah. the Commanders, and the Cardinals. That's mm, it. Wow. wow. The, I mean, this was a team that was like – Remember in the Super Bowl last year, anybody who thought that the Eagles had a chance to win the Super Bowl was saying, well, the Eagles have the better defense than Kansas mm-hmm. City. Like they've got that's where they've got the real edge. The Eagles defense was was pretty terrible. And like down the stretch, I'm not even gonna say pretty terrible. They were just plain terrible. It was bad. And there was some stuff last night, like there was a, a five yard play that turned into a touchdown because of two missed yeah. tackles. I, I yeah. mean, it, it was it looked like peewee stuff was happening know, out there i know people say like oh because the players can't tackle that's not on coaching it 100 percent is on coaching oh yeah because because that tells me that they're not doing the things during practice that need to reinforce the proper skills needed to make tackles so they probably don't hit in practice and i know things are limited on what you can do in practice sure. these days but they're probably not physical in practice they probably do a bunch of soft walkthroughs and game planning rather than physical stuff so i don't know i mean obviously sean desai wasn't it wasn't working out that they had to make matt patricia the play caller right so i could tell you right now there's going to be a change in the defensive even if sirianni stays they're going to bring in an experienced defensive coordinator there in philadelphia you can you can guarantee that all right, enough shitting on the Eagles. Let's congratulate the, the the Bucks. Baker Mayfield played a heck of a game. He's had an incredible season. And the question is, is this team for real enough that they can win a game next week in Detroit? I, uh, I think so, only because I'm not sold that Detroit's really all that real either. I, I mean, Detroit could have easily lost that game. I, I think there are a couple... Uh, if Sean McVay makes a couple of different decisions, I think Detroit mm-hmm. probably does lose that game. So yeah, how do you it's punt, not, uh, by the way, how do you punt? It's with like crazy. Four minutes left when you're not that was, guaranteed to get the ball back. I, I couldn't believe what I saw there. So yeah, yeah I, 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 that was wild to me. But I, I don't think the Lions are any kind of juggernaut. They're still banged mm-hmm. up. Um, I, 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 I feel like yeah. The, I mean, the Bucks on on their best day can certainly play with those Lions. The Lions at home. Are are certainly uh, a, a lot to deal with, but man, it, I mean the Bucks the Bucks offense yesterday looked pretty solid. Um, they ran the ball better than I feel like they've probably run all year. And one thing about Baker Mayfield, when he's got some confidence, it, it can get it can get there. Like he, he mm-hmm. he's you know like I think he has learned the difference between being confident and being like cocky. Yeah. And I, I think more than anybody, he's understood how to, like he's figured out how to walk that line. And the Baker Mayfield you get now seems a lot more humble. And let's fa- I mean, let's face it. He had a very humbling career experience. So, I mean, it makes sense that he would be humbled. But I, I think that this is a uh, this is a different Baker Mayfield right now. Uh, if the defense plays like they played yesterday uh, against the Eagles, I, I think there's a chance. I, th- I mean, I think the Lions offense is going to certainly be a, a much different challenge. But the, what the Bucks said, what they said after that game yesterday, and I was listening to um, Antoine Winfield Jr. say this, they said, what was your priority coming into this game? And he said, we decided we're going to sell out to stop the run. They're gonna, we're not going to let them beat us with what they do best. 
And he said, that, I mean, the first first time they played, they ran for like 200 yards on the Bucks, And they said, if we, were, we were too proud to let that happen again. I, I think what the Bucks go into this game is saying, we we make them beat us with the run. Like it's not going to be, they're not going to chuck the ball around the field. It's not going to look like, uh, it's not going to look like Joe Montana and Jerry Rice out there. Like we're going to have to to slow this team down, slow, slow this run game down or uh, let, slow this passing game down and make them beat us uh, a, a grimy way, which is the way that Tampa's best built to defend you anyway. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think that they can compete. I, I think this is a team that's, that's certainly playing above their talent level. Uh, but their confidence is is at that level. And this is something, and we'll get to Buffalo in a minute, but I think something Tampa has, something that the Texans have uh, and, and Buffalo has that, that some of these other teams might not is they've been in playoff mode for a while. Like the Bucs, like there hasn't been a lot of wiggle room for this team. Like they've no, they've had to win this game, this game, this game to even be here. So that, that playoff mindset, once you're in it, man, these guys stay locked in. And once a team is locked in and focused, they're, they're a lot more dangerous. And I think this, this Bucks team has been locked in for a few weeks. I think it's clearly the case with Buffalo. Like they're clearly have been locked in for a while. And like, you see a difference in this team. I, I really think that is a, a game changer is having that, that do or die mentality and, and having it for real, not like do or die, or we might have to play a playoff game on the road. It's like do or go home. And that's what that's what these Bucks have been playing with for a little while now. Well, uh, the spread right now is Detroit laying six points at home, and the total in that game it's a high one. You know, it's forty eight and a half, not as high as the Packers and Forty ers but forty eight and a half for Lions and Bucks. You mentioned stopping the run. Can we just? Uh, I want to just shit on the Eagles one more time. DeAndre <laughs> Swift in the first two possessions of the game had three carries for 14 yards and didn't touch the ball again for the rest of the first half. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, but but point to someone not named Devontae Smith. Who's pro who's happy with how that game went. Like, I mean, mean, Devontae Smith was the only guy who played well for the Eagles. It felt like, I mean, you would think like, all right, first carry nine yards. All right. Second carry two yards. Now you got a first down. Like, all right, you pass. How about you go feed him again? Feed him. Just keep feeding him. Like, all right. Anyway, by the way, You, you know who really need like what the Eagles really need to figure out how to stop a tight end. I mean, they made Cade Otten look like Tony Gonzalez. Like that was uh, that was embarrassing what he was able to do. He should have caught that first touchdown, uh, but right <laughs> off right off of his hands. Uh, not like I had Cade Otten in an anytime touchdown parlay or anything. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The other game we saw yesterday was the Bills beating the Steelers thirty one seventeen, and I got mixed emotions about this game because. I really wanted to see it being played on Sunday with the 50 mile per hour wins because we spent so much time during the week handicapping this game and talking about what unders to play and things like that because of the wind and the snow and the game gets postponed. And a lot of you out there were asking what happens to your bets. Obviously your sports book rules are what matters. Some books uh, you know, kept the bets as action. All bets are action. It seems Other like all the domestic say, books kept all bets are action, and the offshore book said, "Oh, it's a different day, no action." Uh, well, it, no, like the, the South, the South Point here in Vegas said it was a completely different game, new rotation numbers. Okay, you know, so nullified. Uh, Circa said all bets were action. So it's it's you have to just look at your your different sports books have different rules. You have to make sure you read the house rules. But I was disappointed because I wanted to see that game being played in those elements. You know, I thought it was like going to be so interesting. 
we obviously we did get elements because it was you know snowy but it wasn't snowing during the game there wasn't 50 mile per hour waves. it was just cold as balls uh, <laughs> it was but it wasn't even as cold as it was in kansas city so i feel robbed a little bit but uh the bills still came out on top i thought the steelers would be able to keep it close because of the conditions but without those 50 mile an hour wind conditions you know, yes, if you told me the game was going to be the weather that it was yesterday, I would have laid the 10 with the Bills. Josh Allen was throwing it with no issues. He had the incredible long run for the touchdown. And, and I'll give credit. Mason Rudolph made a couple of nice throws. I mean, he made a you know a couple of bad ones, too, but he made a couple of nice throws. The blocked field goal, which there was no reason to even kick that field no, goal there. there winning, just punt it. Uh, the blocked field goal led to, you know, uh, a, a little spark for the Steelers. But I never felt like they were in that game yesterday. This was Bills from wire to wire. Yeah, even when there was the score was a when it was a one score game in the fourth quarter, it didn't feel like it was a one score game. No. Like it felt like this was yeah. just a, it was a blowout that temporarily had a respite. And uh, mm-hmm. kudos to the announcers, you know Tony Romo trying to say, "Oh, this one's not over yet, Jim." It was. It's over, Tony. Stop it. Uh, but yeah, this was. I, I think that the the taking the weather out of it kind of. Uh, took out any real variance that the game could have had and just made it the Bills versus the Steelers, which, I, I mean, it's I, I think we know who the better team is. Um, yep. But the, the disadvantage to me, the big disadvantage to Buffalo is in the next round because now they're going to be on two days less rest than the Kansas City Chiefs. And when they moved this game to Monday, that was going to be the case no, no, matter, no matter who won. Uh, Pittsburgh or Buffalo, the winner of this game was going to be on a two-day rest disadvantage, which that's a big deal. And thinking back to a you know a couple years ago when the two seed would have had you know a bye in the first round and would have come in with a tons of rest, now the two seed Buffalo Bills have short rest uh, against a, a you know a Kansas City team that has has put them out of the playoffs the last couple of years. So um it, it wasn't like the, buffalo is home now and we get to see patrick mahomes on the road in the playoffs for the first time which we've never seen yeah we've never seen and and not like the elements i think will bother patrick mahomes but uh patrick mahomes will have to deal with crowd noise when he's got the ball and josh allen won't like there's there's certainly some advantages i i think that like you said i think the bills you, you saw a much cleaner bills win than you would have seen had it been played in the slop there wouldn't have been 48 points scored in this game. And and who knows how many the Bills would have scored versus the Steelers. I, I mean, I think it, the Bills were pretty obviously the the better team yesterday. And I, I think the, the fact that the Bills ran the ball so effectively makes me think they would have been fine. But uh, it, like the advantage, I think, of the cleared up weather in the moment certainly went to Buffalo. The fallout from it is is where I worry for the Bills. So I had a same game parlay for this game, and I had placed it prior to the game being moved. And a lot of my uh, picks were based on the win. Sure. Now, now, keep in mind, like some of these still came through. I had the under one and a half field goals made for both kickers. Boswell only made one field goal. Tyler Bass only made nice. one field goal. I had the alternate, I did alternate overs on rushing numbers. So I had eight or more carries for Jalen Warren. He had eight carries, so that hit. I had 10 or more carries for Najee. He had 12, that happened. I had the over 13 carries for James Cook. He had 18. I had the over on Josh Allen carries. That hit. 
the one leg that I lost, AJ, <laughs> I took the under Mason Rudolph pass attempts mm, yeah. because I felt that actually I lost two legs because I did the under Josh Allen pass attempts also, and it was under 29 and a half for Josh Allen, and he had 30 pass attempts. Yeah. And Mason Rudolph's was 26 and a half. He had 39 pass attempts in yeah. this game. If there were 50 mile an hour wins, though, he would happen. not have no, had right. those. He would not have had those 39 pass attempts. So, uh, yes, the book that I played it at still uh, honored it as action, not as womp, womp. A, a nullified bet. But uh, it was fun sweating it out. But when he, I, I knew when he had like 10 pass attempts in the first quarter, I was like, all right, well, Mason Rudolph's flying over this total uh, in, in this game. But hey, that's uh, what the Steelers did. And and Mike Tomlin, I don't know if you saw this, after the game during his press conference, a reporter asks a question. Well, she was started to ask a question saying that Tomlin has a year left on his contract and he storms out. He walks yeah. out. Doesn't even, doesn't even let her finish the question. I mean, this is a guy that has never had a losing season. But at what point, and maybe we'll ask RJ about this on the Dream Pod, at what point do we say, hey, you got to have postseason success or else you're yeah. not going to be here. And it's been a while since he had any for sure. Um, but listen, this this Pittsburgh model has worked for them for a long time. Um, you know, they are the picture of consistency when it comes to head coaches. They don't like to, to have uh, turnover. Uh, and I, and I think for Tomlin, I don't blame him for being upset about that. Like people kept trying to ask him that leading up to the game. He's like, listen, I'm, I'm focused on this game right now in the press conference. Yeah. He was like, I want, uh, if there's any questions about this game, I'm glad to answer them. And he did like, that's the only clip you're going to see from that, that post game presser, but I watched it and it, I mean, it's not like there was a, it w- there was a bunch of drama the whole time. That was basically the last question. Like the, the, the mediator said, anything else, anything else for coach Tomlin? And the lady said, it's the last year of your contract. And then he just walked out. So he walks, he was done anyway. It was just, uh, it, it, that, that clip makes it look a lot worse than it was. Sure. Well, let's take a look at the spreads for the divisional round, courtesy of our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook on Saturday. The Texans will be at the Ravens. Baltimore is a nine and a half point favorite with a total of 45 and a half. Your night game, the Packers at the 49ers, San Francisco laying 10 with a total of 50. On Sunday, the Bucks will be at the Lions. Detroit, a six-point favorite, total of 48 and a half. And the Chiefs at the Bills. Buffalo, two and a half point favorites, total of 46 and a half. And AJ, I, I'm, I'm thinking that you're going to be on the two and a half on the Buffalo Bills. I am. If it's yeah, under I, three, I, you're going to be on it. I played two and a half already. I, I think it's, it's certainly going to close three, in my opinion, if not more than three. Uh, but I think if you can get two and a half, you get it now because I, I don't think those will be there by game day. All right, we'll do a full preview of these games, obviously, on the Dream Pod coming up and uh, later on the week, later on this week on SOVAM. Let's talk about the other news in the NFL, and that is Bill Belichick interviewing with the Atlanta Falcons. I think it's amazing that the Atlanta Falcons desperately trying to get positive news actually release the information like put out a social media post that says we have interviewed bill belichick <laughs> like are you are they supposed to are we supposed to give them an award now you're never gonna believe this bill guys <laughs> yes. yes we called up the best free agent coach that's ever existed and he took our call <laughs> he answered the I phone and everything uh-huh uh-huh so well 
I don't know. He's always been the favorite to land this job. I don't know if this is a job that he wants. I think it's very interesting. I think that it's a job that he can win right away if he has the right quarterback. To me, uh, that's the big question is like, who's going to play quarterback for that team? I, I think the reason why uh, Bill Belichick was comfortable walking away from the, the situation he was in is he knew that he was never going to win with Mac Jones. Does he look at it? Desmond Ritter or or I, I can't imagine Taylor Heineke, either one of those guys and say, yeah, I can win with one of these guys. I, I doubt it. Can he get a big free agent in? Possibly. Um, but it does feel like if I'm Bill Bell, and this is, it goes back to something we've talked about a lot of all these, all these job openings. That's why the LA chargers is so appealing to me versus the other ones is like, that's just the one thing you don't have to worry about. It's, it's really hard to build a team. It's the the only thing harder than building a team around a quarterback is finding a good quarterback. And the Chargers have one that now building a team around him has proven to be pretty difficult uh, and or coaching the team has proven to be pretty difficult. I think Bill Belichick's probably confident he can do that. But finding that quarterback is so hard. I think he Bill realized that firsthand being separated from Tom Brady and having to go through some jacoby Brissett and mac jones like he's like okay enough of that like i need someone who can make me competitive and right now i don't think the falcons have a quarterback on their roster that can make them competitive which to me is something that bill belichick would would kind of be hesitant about would you imagine bill belichick like how would you feel about the falcons if he takes that job and josh mcdaniels is his offensive coordinator and mike Vrabel's his defensive coordinator I, I mean, first of all, if Mike like Vrabel's put, not a head coach, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. But yeah, I mean, obvi- but like, obviously, I'd have to feel good about it. Puts, what if Belichick puts together in, in, in like an all-star step, and you got to think like McDaniel's is not getting a head coaching job? Like, why wouldn't Belichick make him his OC again? You know? Yeah, uh, I mean, that's a it's a good point. Like, you, I, I mean, I, I think that, I think that Josh McDaniel probably is going to be. Uh, 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 an offensive coordinator. Why wouldn't he want to work with Bill Belichick, the guy who's like revived his career? I think I think it would make some sense. Um, but and Tom it, Brady comes out of retirement. Now, now I think that's a bridge too far, Scott. That is a bridge too far, my friend. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, It's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, 
I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. NBA, the reigning MVP, still putting up MVP numbers. Joel Embiid with 41 points and 10 boards as the Sixers beat the Rockets 124-115. The Mavericks without Luka, home dogs, AJ, to the Pelicans. Kyrie Irving, a big night, 42 points as they win 125-120. Yeah, 42 points for Kyrie, 41 points for Tim Hardaway. So it was really, you know, no no Luka, no problem. Uh, Mavericks, I, when I saw this number yesterday when I was doing straight out of Vegas, I said, man, that's a that's a, a weird number. Then, of course, there's no Luka playing, which made sense. Mm-hmm. But uh, this was the kind of, this is what the Mavericks hoped for when they brought Kyrie Irving in. They, hopefully, when Luka's sitting, you can put this team on your back. And, and between he and Tim Hardaway, they certainly put it on their back last night or yesterday afternoon, a, a dominant showing from those two guys. Magic beat the Knicks 98-94. The Pistons over the Wizards 129-117. Just the fourth win of the season for Detroit. I said yesterday on Straight Out of Vegas, it's crazy to think the Wizards would be five-and-a-half-point favorites over anybody. Uh, so kudos to the Pistons for uh, for notching another one in the belt. I know there's there's not a lot of notches, but they've got a couple. Trey Young scored 36 points with 13 assists. The Hawks beat the Spurs 109-99. Grizzlies over the Warriors 116-107. Draymond Green's return was not enough for Golden State. No, lots of uh, lots of boos for our boy Draymond Green, and um, not the not the the showing I'm I'm sure he was hoping for. Came off the bench seven points uh, in 24 minutes, and you know got his got his rebounds, seven rebounds in the game, but. Um, there's just what, again, this boiled down to what it's boiled down to most of the season. There, there wasn't much offense outside of Steph Curry and he put up 26 and, you know, Clay Thompson is now a different player, you know, nine points for Clay Thompson, uh, Andrew Wiggins, who I'll be honest, I was super high on Andrew Wiggins kind of becoming that second guy, uh, in, in San Francisco. And he just, he just hasn't. Uh, another disappointing performance for him and, and another disappointing performance for the Warriors. Uh, the Grizzlies, who have been bad at home, I thought this was a chance for the Warriors to get a road win and it did not work out in their favor. Cavs beat the Bulls 109-91. Jimmy Butler scores 31 points. The Heat win over the Nets in overtime 96-95. Michael Bridges uh, airballed the game-winning shot. Celtics win 105-96 in Toronto. The Jazz top the Pacers 132-105. 32 points and 10 boards from Lowry Markinen And the Lakers, a 112-105 win over the Thunder. Anthony Davis, 27 points 
and 15 boards. Let's take a look at the schedule for tonight. It's a short schedule. The Nuggets are at the Sixers. Philly, three and a half point favorites, AJ. Where you're leaning in the battle of the MVP? Uh, Sixers with the uh, the back to back make me want to lean to the Nuggets here. The question is, will both MVPs play? You remember last year, this, the buildup was for these two guys to go head to head, and they're like, eh, maybe he's not playing this week. Uh, so if if everyone plays, I I tend to lean to the Sixers. They've been so good. They've been so good at home. Uh, I, I think this is this is uh, their their game. Even on the back to back, I tend to lean that way. The Kings are at the Suns. Phoenix laying five and a half. Thunder with the L.A. back-to-back. They're facing the Clippers and Clippers minus five and a half. Only one game on the top 25 schedule on Monday as Marquette pulled away late. Got an 87-74 win over Marquette. Uh, This is a game that was, it was tied with 10 minutes to go in the game. And Marquette just pulled away late. Uh, Did not get great three-point shooting. But the turnover bug hit Villanova. Marquette wins a turnover battle 12-3. to And that, friends, is enough to, uh, to get the Golden Eagles back in the win column after a sluggish 2-3 and three start to Big East play. They now sit at 3-3 three and three in the Big East. Villanova falls to 4-2 and two in the Big East. Good, good slate of top 25 games here on Tuesday. Start in the Hoosier State, where Purdue is a nine and a half point road favorite at Indiana. I'll be honest; I, I think I have to back the Hoosiers here. Uh, these, this was a one sided, uh, one sided rivalry for a long time. Indiana won like, or Indiana lost twelve out of thirteen, I think, but they've now won three of the last four, and that's been despite Zach, Zach Eady just dominating in this series. Indiana at home, Big Ten. I got a Big Ten home f- dog here, catching almost double digits. Only way I can look. One uh, one dog I can't look at is the Florida Gators, number nine or number six Tennessee, a nine and a half point favorite at home against the Gators. And Tennessee just so dominant at home. And this is the middle class of the SEC coming into Knoxville. That's who Tennessee usually dusts. So uh, I like the Vols to cover a big spread here. TCU coming off their two big wins. Now they're on the road, traveling to Cincinnati. Cincinnati, a a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Baylor laying one-and-a-half on the road at Kansas State. Number 21, Dayton, 12-and-a-half-point home favorites against St. Louis. We've got number three, Kansas, minus six-and-a-half at Oklahoma State. Wisconsin, a a five-and-a-half-point road favorite in the Big Ten as well. They're at Penn State. Number 24, Iowa State. At number 20, BYU, BYU minus four and a half at home. And unranked New Mexico, a five and a half point favorite, hosting number 16, Utah State. A couple of upsets on the ice yesterday as the Blue Jackets defeated the Canucks in a shootout 4-3. The Ducks in overtime, a 5-4 win over the Panthers. How about the Canadiens with a 4-3 win over the Avalanche? Not an upset. Our Golden Knights, a 4-1 win over the Predators, amongst other finishes from uh, a long day of hockey yesterday. Tonight, let's take a look at the schedule. The Avalanche are in Ottawa to take on the Senators. Colorado minus 135, looking to bounce back from that loss yesterday. The Kraken are in New York to take on the Rangers. New York is minus 200. The Ducks, feeling good after their win yesterday, are in D.C. to take on the Capitals. Washington's minus 200. The Kings are at the Stars. Dallas is minus 135. Islanders at the Jets. Winnipeg 
minus 175. Sharks are at the Blackhawks. Chicago is minus 130. That's rare, but <laughs> second of a back-to-back. For and a it's San Jose. Jose. The Coyotes. Exactly. The uh, Coyotes are at the Flames. Calgary's minus 170. And the Oilers host the Maple Leafs. So all of Canada will be watching this one. Edmonton minus 145. The Oilers with the longest winning streak currently in the NHL. Winners of 10 straight games as they climb up the Pacific standings. Still offering our $15 coupon at pregame.com. Title 15 is the promo code to use to save $15 off any purchase. If you haven't already used it, you should have used it on AJ's UFC card over the weekend. Would you go six, six and, and two, two on, on the weekend? Had a couple canceled fights. Package yeah. had 10 fights in it. Uh, t- two of those got canceled at weigh-ins. So uh, six and two night, though, I'll never complain about that. And a good one this weekend, UFC 297. There you go. So six and two, and you could have gotten it for peanuts because you saved $15 using the promo code. So promo code title 15, still good to use at pregame.com. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.